Hello, Rob. Hi, Chris. Welcome to the 10 Minute Design Chat. Thank you very much. Let's talk about theme-based design. So, we're circling back round to a similar (laughs) episode to the one that we did back in the mists of time, Rob, about Mm. component-based design. Deja vu. And how you can start designing a game in lots of different ways. We talked previously about grabbing loads of bits, chucking them around, and having a go that way. Today, we're going to be talking about a theme in mind, a setting, somewhere, and you think, oh, I'd love to design a game about that. Absolutely, and and we're going to talk about how that can help your designs and make them more coherent and uh, tell a better story. We're also going to tell that how that might hinder your designs and then and, and box you up a little bit too much. But before we do, Chris, it is like we're getting deja vu because do you remember that alien? You know, we were walking through the desert and this 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 big unidentified flying object just flew over, beamed down a fresh alien, as was previously described. I remember. Well, he's back and he's bugging us. And Chris, I think you're going to have to take this one because this guy's getting a bit annoying. He's come to seek some knowledge to perfect his designs for a 5D intergalactic sci-fi minigame. Oh. But he's a bit mixed up on what a theme is. I mean, I'm looking at this and there's there's cowboys in there, there's knights. There's, there's some abstract shapes that my feeble human eyes cannot even comprehend. So, Chris, I think that you need to help this poor humanoid-looking flesh sack um, to understand what a theme is. Okay. Have we been wandering around in the desert again? Is that where we are? Oh, 100%. Yeah. We never left. This is a big desert. <laughs> I was going to say, we've been, I hope we've had plenty of water. It'll be very dry by this point. Okay, fine. So, um, around me on the ground, though, I imagine is some sand, some yeah. rocks. Mm-hmm. There were some cacti, because I remember last time you pulled the spines off those to make your description. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've still got it with me. Um, so, what I'm going to say to this alien is welcome. Nice to see you again. <laughs> Fancy meeting you here. And um, your game sounds very interesting. But it also sounds like it's got lots of different things going on. Now look around you in the desert, Alien. And what can you see around here? You can see that you've got some rocks. It's quite sandy. It's warm. There's kind of a, if you look out, there's a kind of a colour palette to the environment. And how about if you designed a game just based on those things, trying to keep it contained within the environment we're in? And what you might make is a game about living in a desert, about arranging the rocks to build a shelter from the from the blazing sun. But what you're doing is you're not bringing in everything you could possibly ever have happening in a desert. You're trying to just keep it to what you can see and, and the local environment you've got. And I would say that might be the start of a theme that you might want to try off. So why don't you pull back the 5D intergalactic warfare and maybe start off by just thinking, what if there was warfare just in the desert? In this, in this one mile radius that we're in, what would you be able to use as weapons? What would you be able to use as settings and power-ups? Let's start there and then go big. The alien at this point is definitely, you know, he's frantically taking some notes and now he's just abducting rocks, cacti, bits of sand. He's shoving them into his alien pockets and he's hurrying back to his ship. I feel like that was a good explanation, you know? And when we talk about theme-based design, Chris... It's definitely, it's, you know, we we discussed when we talked about component-based design, which was ultimately locking in certain aspects of your game based off of the components that are available to you. 
And when we talk about theme-based design, it's it's very similar, but it has different sort of uh, implications and consequences. You know, when we talk about theme-based design, we are talking about design choices that are influenced or constrained by the theme. You know, not having a if you're a down the down the line pirate game, that laser pistol might not make much sense. It might be fun, but it might not make much sense. Is that right, Chris? <laughs> it's true. It, it it might people might make people wonder what what's going on if a laser pistol turns up. Might be cool, but might be a bit weird. <laughs> and I think why why theme is useful and why theme based design is a good way to try designing if you've never tried that way before is it can actually help you simplify your design decisions. In that you know if it's not coherent with what your theme you designed well maybe it's not really required and maybe you can think well I can chop that bit out and concentrate on the other bits that are fun and it also gives that kind of setting that's that sort of cohesive feeling to the whole game where it doesn't feel like someone's just lobbed a load of pick and mix in a bag it feels more (laughs) like someone's gone through and they've hand selected your favorite treats and then bought them for you it's a really good point, and and I think there's definitely an element when I've been designing games when um you know that that beginning part was all very exciting and it's you know the world is your oyster and it's all just notes on a page, and and I I you know I'll start going down the road of massive Wikipedia dives on the history of something just so that I can understand. For example, when I was designing a, a game about uh, running a, a sort of a ship, not necessarily a pirate ship. I think it was just like a sort of commercial vessel from the 17th century. And and then I very quickly realised I don't really know much about commercial vessels from the 17th century. So it led me down the rabbit hole on, on Wikipedia. And then I started seeing all these different crew members and all the different responsibilities they had. And, and that started to sort of meld into actions, for example, or abilities of specific crewmates. So you're absolutely right. When you start marrying a theme a lot of the decisions can end up being very much made for you but does it have to be down the line historically accurate or can we be a bit more abstract can it can it be more about a feeling that you might get from a game i think it can and i think that something that comes across would be so games that have for example a horror theme horror is a theme but it's a huge overarching theme and actually you know you can have different kinds of horror you can have your terrifying blood-curdling horror mm-hmm. you can have your quite campy 40s 50s people dressed in weird lizard man suits <laughs> kind of feeling of horror as well um, and so I think in that in that space it's the feeling that you want to go with you know you're saying I'm doing a horror game but what kind of horror are you doing and what feeling do you want to instill in your players and I suppose it's the same with any kind of game you're looking to what do I want the player to feel what do I want them to experience Mm. And so sometimes you find that is is a tight thing in a theme-based game. So there's some games that marry it very tightly to the theme, and there's some where they're more abstract, but that theme just gives it a bit of flavour. Oh, absolutely. And, and and I think that when you're looking at theme in your games, it's a massive sliding scale. Ultimately, the, the aim of adding a theme is to tell a bit of a story and, and give a bit more a bit more meat on the bones of something so that it's not just I do this abstract action and I six things happen and you know it's actually like I'm hitting something with my sword and six damage has been applied yeah. and 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 a, a great example of of a uh, on on the far end of the scale we are talking gold standard for thematic marrying um there's a game called War of the Ring 
um, absolutely huge, and it's based off of the uh, Lord of the Rings trilogy, where ultimately you uh, you literally have a board the size of a dining table, and there are hundreds of miniatures, and there are millions of decks, and you are literally recreating the Lord of the Rings trilogy from the point where they all meet at Rivendell, and and from from there, the thing that I found when I've played that game is that. Every single action feels like something that could have happened in the books or the movies. And in fact, to the point where you can you can almost feel like you're directing a film. You're redirecting the story. Um, you can change the tide of events, but it all feels so accurate. Even to the point where I'd say quite obtusely. Um, there are definitely, as a game designer, there's definitely some, uh, some actions that you think, yes, I get exactly what you're saying. I feel like... I'm a hobbit doing this, or I'm I'm Aragorn, but you could have maybe said that in a way that was a little bit more accessible. Um, so there are a lot of downsides if you go too close sometimes, um, but what it left with was that we felt like we just lived through the Lord of the Rings epic, and, and it was it was incredibly memorable, whether we lost or won. And it's how closely you want to get to those themes and how much you're willing to put the players through extra steps to make them feel like that. Like, I want to feel like a hobbit, but I don't want to feel actually like a hobbit and have to do, you know, hobbit jobs and chores and all those kind of things. So I think that it's thinking about that when you design these games, that at some point you, there will have to be decisions made about how deep you go with your theme. And some games are the opposite, where they just have a theme that is, it definitely adds something, mm-hmm. definitely adds something, but it's not deep theme. So something that comes to mind is Hive. Mm-hmm. So Hive is essentially at its heart an abstract chess-like hex-moving game. Yeah, there could be any 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 icon, any shape, squares, circles, triangles. But the 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 theory that it's about protecting your hive queen and you know using other types of insects which can all do their own types of moves feels great and I think that probably lends quite a lot to the success of that game that does have that I think had it been a purely abstract game it wouldn't have been um, as popular potentially I feel like theme ads all the time and that's not to uh, you know with abstract games like I think that they work they work so well in that sense but I do feel like a lot of people want to have a little bit of a theme and a little bit of a theme allows you a lot of design freedom to avoid probably one of the biggest pitfalls Chris of just pinning yourself on on a theme taking the example of that down the line pirate game with laser pistols what if that la- those laser pistols are the funnest part of your game and the thing that everybody loves but you are so married to the idea of this being only cannons and muskets and swords that you are now in a bind um what do you do then well i think you've got to make that decision about how how married the theme is and actually if that's the case is it worth sticking to that original theme or if that's the fun part of the game is it better to have a really fun game that doesn't fit the theme or a really thematic game that doesn't have any fun? And I think that's the tough question. My vote's always on fun. As game designers, that's what we try and bring to people. And so if you find that, actually, maybe we can change this theme to include the laser pistols. We've seen sci-fi cowboys before. Why not sci-fi pirates? You know, it's, 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 it's ultimately, it's your game. And it's something that as you go through, what you might find is that Designing based off a theme can help you make those early decisions very well, but don't get yourself pinned on them. I think that that's that's the main takeaway from me. But that brings us to a close, Chris. I mean, before we close out, have you got any final thoughts on themes? I think, give it a go. If you've never done it before, literally go on Wikipedia, click random article a few times till you find something that tickles your fancy and just try it. Try and make a game about that. It doesn't have to be big, but give it a go and uh, let us know what you come up with. 
Oh, amazing. And you know, constraints constraints breed creativity, and at the very least, you'll have a great history lesson. So, <laughs> But I mean, with that, Chris, uh, you know, it's time that we say goodbye to our alien friend until next season. <laughs> I hope he doesn't come back. He keeps bugging us. Um, but I'm going to say goodbye to you, and I'll see you at 10minutedesignchallenge.co.uk. Thanks very much, Rob. I'll see you at boardgamebud.com. This has been a 10-minute design chat on theme-based design. Thank you for listening. Thank you very much, and go and try theme first.